This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a very special two-part Chelsea fancast to celebrate our 500th episode recorded on Monday this week. Uh, Now, given that we couldn't get everyone who has contributed to 500 episodes on the show, I thought the next best thing would be to have a chat with some of them and get their view on what is a momentous occasion, even if I do say so myself, what they enjoyed about being part of the fancast and to find out what they're up to now. Of course, being me, we rambled on for so long that I've had to split it up into two special shows. In part one, I talked to some of the Chelsea fancast best love contributors, from Dr Martin Sheridan Bird on the first one, up to Chelsea Chatter from the days when we did the show on TV. And here's part two, where I talk to some of our favourite guests on the show, such as former players Paul Cannaville, Kerry Dixon and Jason Cundy, journalist Liam Toomey and Neil Spy Barnett, and we doff our hat to the Yanks, Beth Wilde, formerly the head of Chelsea in America, who helped us spread the fancast message in the States, and the boys from the London is Blue podcast, who took us as their inspiration. To wrap up, we have a special message from a long-lost, much-loved Chelsea fancast legend. To kick us off, we hear from Paul Cannaville, Chelsea's first black player, and arguably our most popular guest, and definitely our most frequent. Paul first came on the show in May 2011, but has been a regular guest ever since in Putney Station Bar, Sports Tonight Live, My Flat, and even with us on Love Sport Radio. Paul, it's brilliant uh, as ever talking to you. As you as you well know, uh, you are po- probably, I'd say, one of the most popular people we've had on the show in terms of ex-players. I think you've been on it more more than any other ex-player. You're kind of part of the family, mate. Uh, so it's lovely to talk to you. First of all, well, how are you? Um, not too bad. Um, relaxing. Um, looking well. Knowing more about my kitchen now, as I'm cooking a lot in every day, and making so many menus, I think I can open my own cafe or restaurant. But yeah, <laughs> other than that, um, having time out, you know what I mean? It is. Good stuff. So, um, Good to hear, mate. We are. Good to yeah. hear. Um, it is. It okay. 
So you know, as I said, you you, you as as you know, and all the ex players that we know, I think you've been on it more times than anybody else. So you know, I don't really know um, what to say there apart from thank you. But what do you think no, about that? Well, you know what, I've got. I'm looking back at it, and I'm thinking, was this the very first podcast I I, I went on? Chidge? I think it might um, be. I'm trying to think about. It. I think it is, and I, you know, I mean, got to congratulate you and the team for your 500. Well, is it episode? Should I say? <laughs> um, I've enjoyed it. It's always made me feel comfortable, and it's always good to share and talk about my days at Chelsea and. I believe you, you gave me that platform to um, share that, to be honest, with your listeners. And I thank you for that. Oh, mate, we, we were honoured to have you, and you know that. I mean, I remember the first time we got you on, and I didn't yeah. know you. I'd, I'd never really met you before that. But we uh, we invited you up, and we got you a drink or two, and we got you something to eat. But I remember we also... <laughs> We also we, we had the restaurant, wasn't it? That's right. Was that the one? Yeah. yeah, Putney that's Station. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we, we, I remember we had a a DVD of the uh, you know the Chelsea Sheffield Wednesday uh, Milk Cup wow. game. Wow. You know where you of course your finest hour as a Chelsea player. But yeah. we, we sat down and we showed it to you, and I don't think you'd seen it for years. I hadn't, and you're right because um, and everybody does let me know. Um, about that game, to be honest, and it was like when I saw it, it was like, oh my god, the um, impact. Obviously, um, for those who do know and those who don't, we were three nil down and having to come on and making that instant impact by scoring in eleven seconds. Watching yourself, thinking, my god, I were a bad player. <laughs> you, you were pretty you good, mate. You were pretty good. Uh, it was, uh, I think, Mel Sterling. And I remember his words. that said, "Yeah, it's when I came on, that's when he had his panic." And like, and I respect that because, boy, it was um, an unbelievable game um, for those who was well listening. Because I remember my mate. I remember at the end of the game, how quickly I was. I had to phone him and say, "Look, it's going to be on on TV. Record it, record it." You know what I mean? It was like one of those. But um, remembering the games distinctly because it was so important to me because I was meeting my old man and yeah. I probably said that for the first time since um, that he left when I was about one, two years old. So I was kind of nervous because he hadn't seen me play at all um, live um, and for him to be there, live, obviously living in Sheffield and to see me and and as you said, the game itself coming back from 3-0 down and 3-0 to me scoring the fourth, thinking that was the winner but unfortunate. Um, they got a um, well. I wouldn't say it was deserved equaliser. Yeah, it, it finished for all. Um, but yes, to be recognised by the fans at that time, you don't understand. It was uh, very. It was emotional for me. Um, all this time proving, I thought I had to prove that. Yeah, I'm here to stay. But yeah, that game made yeah made history. I'm sure it's done in history. Well, um, we yeah. cer- we certainly enjoyed talking to you all about that that night. I think I think I'm not sure if it was that that episode that you were on, but I think we. Do you remember we all went out for a curry afterwards? I'm I just going to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we was all nicely tucked in. I tell you what. A few drinks and yeah, that curry went down very well. Do you, um, do you remember the third time we got you on? We gave you a hat trick ball that we all signed. Yes, do you remember that? Yes, I know. I remember that, and I said, "You signed it and everything." Yeah, um, I was honoured for that. Very honoured um, to receive that. Well, yeah, those, those days. It's amazing. Uh, 
How long ago was that? I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's got to be... that's grown so fast, Chich. You know what I mean? It really has. I mean, mate, that but, um, that might have been nine years ago. I, I, it could easily wow. be. Wow. Look at that. Could, hey, yeah. Look at that. And you've still been running. I know. Yeah, We've been doing been it good. 12 years, mate. Wow. Tremendous. We must tremendous. be mad. And I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners, you know, I'm enjoying it as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, you do go over the games and I appreciate it. It's, it's nice to hear the value of an ex-player and obviously to go over certain games that were played by Chelsea, the present Chelsea, that you can give your impact. And I enjoyed that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We've seen some players come and go, um, but we still support the Blues and that's the main thing for me. Well, I have to say, I mean, you know, we love you to pieces. And I, I mean, all of the boys that have been on the show with me that have, that have met you, and we've we've all become great friends since. And I mean, we are yeah. we are absolutely honoured absolutely honoured that we've had you on the show so many times but more honoured that we've we've become a really good friend of yours and we love you to pieces so uh, thank you so much for being part of it over 500 episodes Paul's fantastic um, thank you for having me again and um, thank you team as well I will keep listening keep doing what you're doing and your listeners will keep listening out for you you know what I mean it's a great podcast Canner's such a lovely bloke, and I think it's safe to say he loved joining in with us, and what an honour for us to know that he's become such a good friend. Now, another former player who I'm privileged to call a friend through doing the fancast is a bona fide Chelsea legend. The fact that he was one of my all-time Chelsea heroes makes it all the better. Chelsea's third highest scorer and 1980s talisman, one Kerry Dixon. Now, as you'll discover, Kerry never quite made it to a show at Putney Station, but we did do a season or two of podcasts with just me and him chatting about the week's games, and he did a few shows with us on Love Sport. Kerry Dixon, an absolute legend in every sense of the word. All right, we've got somebody uh, very, very special uh, uh, to talk to now. Uh, uh, you know, he, he knows this very well, but when I was first going to Chelsea, he was my hero. And uh, to say, yeah, he's laughing already. The the fact that I actually ended up getting to meet him, and, and I'm very proud to say I call him a great friend, uh, it makes me pinch myself at times. But also, of course, you know, Kerry's done quite a few Chelsea fan casts, and of course we did our own kind of version of it for uh, quite a while, didn't we, Kerry? How are you, mate? I'm fine, thanks, Dave. And listen, first and foremost to you and the boys, congratulations on uh, reaching the, the Milestone 500 shows. It's absolutely fantastic to you all. Um it's a pleasure to still be talking to you on the 500 show. Um, so well done there, all of you. And here's to the next 500, I have to say. Um, I don't know where they'll be or when it will happen and, and how they're going to go. Um, but if they're any as good as the last, if they're anywhere near as good as the last 500, then it's a great, uh, great something to look forward to. Well, we, we, I tell you what, mate. We, you know, even though there's no football at the moment, we've kind of. Uh... We've uh, we've kind of fallen fallen into into I don't know has fallen into the shit and come out smelling of roses because basically, you know, whilst we love talking about the most recent games, we love nothing more than talking about the old days, as you well know, because I've done that with you enough times. <laughs> so we're just going yeah. through the whole back catalogue of uh, talking about stuff from the past and having a great laugh doing it. So we're carrying on even if there is no football, mate. Well, that's good, and I wouldn't have expected anything different, mate. You know, um, we all got to plough through uh, this very sad situation um, and a very delicate situation as well, the best we can. Um, we're all treading the paths of uh, trying to stay safe and hope all the listeners and, and of course, you, you you lads as well are all staying safe. I'm sure you're doing the right thing. But uh, nevertheless, uh, football is one of the things that um, 
managed to keep us going and still managed to put a smile on our face. And uh, the memories are still great and uh, the future is anticipated. Absolutely, mate. Now, look, um, we did our own little podcast every week for a while, which was huge fun. And uh, also, you were lovely. You turned up up at Love Sport for our Love Sport show a few times, which is great. If I have one regret, Kerry, and I'm going to tell you a little story which will make you hoot, I think, but um, if ever there was a former player who would have been suited to the first kind of incarnation of this podcast, it was when we were doing it in Putney Station. And we used to basically get in the pub before the match, obviously, go to the match and then hair down to Putney, uh, carry on drinking and do a show while we were drinking, obviously. And we had a little alcove there where we all used to gather and people used to come, you know, from the match. We used to have a crowd there that would turn up as well. You you would have loved that. And I really regret that I didn't really get to know you while we were doing it then because you would have absolutely come into your own. Now, before you comment on that, I'm going to tell you a funny story here because it nearly happened. I met you at uh, some weird kind of 888-run do covering the 2010 World Cup. And you were their kind of guest speaker running through the England-America match, England-USA match. And I kind of sidled up to you after the main event and said, can I buy you a drink? And uh, I said, you know me. We've met before. I met you at Cundy and Peter Burnett. And you, you had that look on your face like, yeah, but I can't remember. Anyway, you and I got into a chat and basically got horribly drunk. And I remember you basically, you know, giving me your number at the end of it. Said, mate, 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 I'll come on your show. Sounds great. Fantastic. So I got your number finally. And I disappeared off to some other bar. Right. I got my phone nicked that night. So so I lost your number and it never happened. I've never told you that before. No, you haven't told me the story, but um, it's strange that you should say that I would possibly be the one that would fit the criteria of having a beer before a game, still going down, playing a game of football, coming back and having a beer afterwards. Uh, it, no, um, you probably got the player right, but uh, I, I don't know. I remember, listen, uh, getting drunk. Yeah, I remember to do, and listen, we've had a few beers since and a few beers after and hopefully quite a few to come, Dave, you know. Um we finally did get together. I love doing the show. Um, love talking football with you, and, and, and indeed the boys. Like you know, um, all the old memories are great. They're still still great memories. And people say to me, "Do you ever get tired of talking about them?" And uh, well, of course you you don't. If people want to talk about them, I'm only too happy to. But uh, without running the risk of uh, of boring people who've heard the stories many many times. If I miss, I mean, look, you, you know, I've told you this many times. For me. You know, I love the football and I love I love my football, but for me it's the whole day. It's meeting up with the mates and having a few beers as well and I'm missing that like you wouldn't yeah. believe. But uh, there it you go. It is without doubt. It is, listen, it is without doubt. It's the whole day. Uh, you, you talk to Pasty, you talk to Bummers and they say, oh, I'm missing the crack, missing the bit of stick, missing the banter. You know, even training these days, you, you know, we don't train. But things like that, we used to say, what players used to say, what do you miss out of it? They say, you know what, we miss the dressing room, getting a bit of stick, giving a bit of stick, who's getting what, and, you know, things like that. You know, the football matches become the weekend and the highlight or whatever. But um, all things like that, tying up with your mates again and, and then talking and whether it be talking crap or having an argument or disagreeing or agreeing or whatever it is, that, that's all part of it, part of the day, you know. And, and again, and I, we experience the same as you, meeting up with your mates, where are you going to meet? Meet in that pub, right, I'll see you there, a few pints, right, let's go do the game, let's, we'll be back here to either celebrate or drown our sorrows or whatever. It's all part of it. Definitely is, mate. Oh, well, it'll be back, don't you worry about that. Anyway, look, mate, you are 
as you know, we, we see you as very much part of our mob now. And uh, I, I've just been so grateful that you've been so generous with your time down the, down the years uh, doing a lot of shows with us. We'll get you back on. There's no doubt about that. And I can't wait till football comes back and I can't wait to have a beer with you. In no specific order, I agree. <laughs> Brilliant. Kerry, as always, you are an absolute legend. Uh, stay safe during all this madness. And uh, we yeah. look forward to catching up when it all kicks off again. Great stuff, Dave. Of course, one of the proudest moments I've had while doing the Chelsea fancast was getting a banner done for Kerry, which now hangs proudly in the west corner of the Matthew Harding stand. Thanks to the contributions from our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, if you fancy making a donation, be rude not to ask, uh, we were able to produce the banner, which, considering Kerry's contribution to Chelsea, was long overdue. Many thanks to Brian, Walker and all at Chelsea in Chicago for sorting the banner out for us. Safe to say that Kerry is both chuffed and humbled by the banner and absolutely loves it. Now, our next special guest is another former Chelsea player and although not perhaps as exalted as Kerry Dixon, Jason Cundy's one-man mission to defend Chelsea in the face of the red onslaught from pundits on Talk Sport should not be underestimated. I became good friends with Jason the year leading up to me doing the Chelsea fancast as he was a frequent pundit on several football shows I produced and directed and he was an obvious choice as the first ex-Chelsea player we had on the show as a special guest back in September 2008. Okay, so we've got uh, on the line a lovely uh, a lovely man, a, a good old friend of mine uh, and a legend in his own uh, lunchtime, certainly, Mr Jason Victor Cundy. Chidge, how are you, sir? I'm all right, mate. Are you well? Very well, yes. Surviving under lockdown, um, it you know it is what it is. You know that everyone's uh, under the same um, restrictions and making the most of it. At least the weather is good. I've been out in the garden with my little five-year-old playing water pistols and and just enjoying as much as much as we can, really. Um, so that's that's it. You know, just obeying government guidelines and, yeah, and doing as uh, keeping keeping to the rules, mate. Yeah, behaving ourselves as we all should do. Now, uh, as you know, it's our five hundredth episode. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, coming up on Monday. Uh, now, I'm kind of racking my brains here, but I actually think, I think you were one of our, our first ever guests, certainly the wow. first former player we had on the show. And I think that would have been, that would have been probably su- ago, mate. Yeah, summer of 2008. And I think I, the reason I think that is because you and I had got to know each other quite well and did that ridiculously daft show on Nuts TV. We so, did. Yes. We did. <laughs> so I, I would, I would have therefore, you know, in in my usual inimitable style, lent on anybody I could blag a favour of. So you would have been one of the first victims wow. I sought out. I think. I remember it, Tiz. I remember it well. It was in Putney. We did it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was in that uh, Barnier um, East Putney station. That's right. That's right. Uh, so I mean, you know, you're, you're a lovely bloke, and I know you, 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 you were, you were absolutely quick to say, yeah, of course, mate, I'll do that, and having no mm. idea what you were about to thrust yourself into, but, <laughs> but knowing, knowing what I was like as a bloody director of those TV shows, which was bad enough. Yeah. So I mean, you know, do you remember much about it? I mean, I, I think we had Cheltel there and Doctor Martin, a few of the others, but uh, do you remember? No, much I about don't it? remember who. I don't remember who was there, to be honest. I remember where we went, and I remember there was a, a couple of drinks being uh, being sunk. Um, <laughs> um, but other, other than that, I couldn't really tell you much about the conversation. It'd be interesting to look back over. I'm guessing you might you might have already done this, but look back at some of the some of the episodes and listen to what was being said at that particular time. And of course, you know, was it 2008, Chid? Right? Yeah, yeah, gotta be. 
Right. Okay. So, so we were, we were. I mean, we we kind of thought we knew what kind of path we're embarking on, but I mean, you look back since then. You know, up until that point, we've been hugely successful. Um, but beyond that, beyond our wildest dreams, Champions League, you know, multiple um, Premier Leagues, even a double one year under Ancelotti. It's been um, it's been a hell of a ride. Yeah, I mean, it has. I mean, we've been so lucky. I mean, we started doing the show in the days when when you came on it. We were we were going to the match. Well, we were in the pub before the match, going to the match, and then we were back doing the show straight after the match. And my God, I mean, you do it. You do a, a a week, a brilliant weekly show with Goldstein, which, as you know, I listen to religiously. So you're yeah. you're there talking to fans who have just walked out yeah. of a game. So you know what the emotions like. Can you imagine being a fan drunk and doing a show in those circumstances? <laughs> it depends what the result is, right? Because well, yeah. look, I've sat. I remember sitting with you, Cheese, when we got beat by Bradford in the FA Cup four <laughs> two, being being two 0 up. We sat in the rows. And had you put a microphone in front of either of our noses at that particular time, it would not have made for great listening listening back, if you know what I mean. But look, that, that's the whole, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? You need the lows to have, to, to understand how good the highs are. And we've had plenty of both. Um, that you and I go back many years, um, you know, even beyond before we met as Chelsea fans. And more often than not, it was disappointment. But we've, you know, even going into the the, the Abramovich era, we we tasted success. You know, we really had tasted success both in Europe domestically, but the league was the was the the one we wanted. But there is an expectancy about Chelsea fans now, which I think we we kind of need to all temper a little bit. There's no divine right. Yes, we've been hugely successful. There's a lot of um, perhaps some of the, the the modern day fans don't know what it's like to have supported Chelsea as I did in the 70s and the 80s. Um, you know, and even in the early part of the '90s, really. So, it, it's um, it's it's brilliant, but we have no divine right. And you know, as we found out over 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 the last couple of seasons, sometimes you can have some bad ones. And you know, we've had a couple of bad ones in recent times as well. Yeah, we absolutely have. I tell you what, I'm glad you. I forgot about that uh, session in the rows after the Bradford game. Which talking yeah. of, talking of lows, that was one. But do you know that what? I wonder if low. you remember this because uh, whilst we were having a drink or three. Uh, in the mm. pub to cut I mean and that's the thing isn't it that's the that's in a sense the show's always been the embodiment of that it's that catharsis yeah. after a horrible a horrible loss you 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 have yeah. a chat with your mates you have a few drinks and after about an hour or two you're laughing well I wonder if exactly. you I, I wonder if you remember this we were having a drink there and these two absolutely battered Bradford fans yeah. turned up in the pub yeah. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen two supporters so drunk and happy at their side winning a match and they came over and I don't know what happened in their adult drunkard mind, adult drunkard mind, but they kind of heard us and they came and you and I were literally sitting together and they came over to me and they said, I, I know you, lad, I know you, you're Jason Cundy. <laughs> and you're sitting opposite me. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't know, whether that, I don't know how I feel about that, kid. No, no, I don't um, know how I feel about it. I, I don't remember that, but I, do, I definitely remember them coming over. And, I mean, they were good. But I mean, that, again, that's, that's part of it as Chelsea fans going back, you know, when, when we knocked Liverpool out back in the 80s, yeah, yeah, you know, that yeah. in, in the, in the FA Cup, we were very much the underdog. I think they were European champions at, at, at the time, yeah. certainly would have been league champions. So, you know, we've, we've been there as football fans and... Yeah, that was a that was a that was a low point. I think that was fifteen. We went on to win the the, the title that year. I'm pretty sure it was fifteen. Joe, and if you remember the side that we had out, Jidge, it yeah. was an incredibly strong side, really, really strong side. So, yeah. uh, fair play then that day. Um, but you know, we've um, our paths have, have been <laughs> very different since that part. Well, I've got to say, it, it, it well actually that cheered me up, and that that certainly helped. The other thing is, I, I remember on the show you came on. Actually, two things that I do remember. Uh, one is, was your description 
of a goal you scored, I think, when when you Ooh. when you basically said that you leapt you leapt like a salmon, and I think Cheltel turned around and said, "Yeah, a tin of salmon," which <laughs> which, which had me in stitches. I don't yeah, know if you remember yeah, that. that might- that may well have been my my first goal with Chelsea against yeah. Villa away. Yeah. Um, yes. It kind of yeah. I mean, I like to say leapt like a salmon, but looking back, perhaps it was it was more like a pilchard. <laughs> and the other one was that your Chelto and his own inimitable style turned up. He turned up with his program. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember who. It was a pre-season game, and we'd play, we were playing some non-league side. I can't remember who it was, and he had the program. And yeah. you were playing, and he said in his own in his own beautiful style. He, mm-hmm. he said almost apologetically that he hadn't managed to get your autograph then, but could you sign it for him now? Something like thirty, I don't know, nearly thirty years wow, later. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and of course you did. But you you went. You were intrigued by who was on on the on the program, and of course Roger Roger Freestone was on there, and you called him Roger Roger Twenty Five Stone, which I thought or was very very Stone, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's a great boy, Rog, but he um, he was a big lad. He, he wasn't he wasn't the most agile of goalkeepers. I think it's fair to say. Oh, bless him. Anyway, listen. I mean, you know, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, you know, we were very early into all of this, as you know, and mm. and now mm. you know you can't you can't move for seeing a a YouTube some fan talking nonsense on a YouTube channel or writing blogs mm. or whatever. And of course, you're on the other side of that coin because, of course, you you know mm. the great work you do for Talk Sport. And I ought to thank you actually because you've always not you've not only been generous with your time and support of us, but you know you've always had loads of us on on your show on Talk Sport. That's so, right. That's right. So, but I mean, it gives you an interesting perspective actually. I think in terms of of where fan originated media sits in the whole kind of football me- media bubble. So, I mean, how, mm. how important do you think it is? I think it is important, and and if you look now about how we are fed media-wise, if you go back to, let's go back to the early 90s when I first started playing, you know, I used to do it with Spike or Club Call. You know, that was, he'd go walk around with a little recorder after training, after a match, would, would interview us. And then to listen to that, the fans would then have to phone up a premium rate number and listen to the interview. Now, look at what we've got, 24-hour rolling news. You've got 24-hour radio stations like TalkSport. Um, there's, there's the BBC that do what they do. There's internet. There's, there's podcasts. There's, there's, cl- there's club channels. There's in-house club channels. There's fan channels. You know, so it, it gives the fan a voice. And the fan's voice is just as valid and just as important as any ex-player, current player, manager, ex-manager. And it gives them a voice to articulate how they feel the game has gone. And I think the fans now, they are far more educated on things such as systems, um, formations, uh, tactical decisions on the pitch, set pieces, how you, how you either defend them or how you play them, short court. There's you know, so many different parts of it. And fans now are given a voice, as you just mentioned there on TalkSport. We give the fans a voice. And they, they want to have an opinion and they enjoy giving an opinion. And as I said, their opinion is valid. And without fans, of course, there is no football. Um, but... There is no radio show. There is no podcast. There is no in-house channel. There's, so there's, the fans have become, their voice has become increasingly more important and increasingly more valid. And, you know, there are some decisions that clubs make. There might be season tickets, club, and there might be some pricing of tickets, maybe in Champions League games, Europa League. Maybe there's an FA Cup game. And the, and the fans' voice is now absolutely crucial and it's going to be really interesting, Chidge, after we get out of this mess that we're all currently living under, how fans are viewed because it's really interesting that that some clubs are starting to furlough their staff their playing staff the lower down the pyramid you go and fans will be called upon to 
spend money, whether it be via a subscription to uh, Sky, BT, Amazon, whoever that may be, and also season tickets. Well, we're entering a period now um, where clubs will be looking for fans to dip in their pockets and, and ask to pay for next year's season ticket. Well, we don't know where we're going to be. We don't know what competition we're going to be. Is it Champions League, Europa League? Some teams don't even know if they're going to be, what division they're going to be in. So I've, I've been really interested to see when, when we're out of this, how the fan is, is viewed, how, how clubs, how media look at fans in the coming weeks, months, and, and possibly years after after we get out of this mess. Yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, we, we, we will see, but hopefully that they they will be more valued. Uh, and I have to say, I mean, one of the joys we've had of doing it is, you know, get away from what we talk about. And I mean, you know, half the time we talk absolute nonsense because that's it's, it's pub talk. That's really always been the whole essence of the show. But if I'm proud of one thing, it, it's it's really the number of friends that we've made doing it and, and the community that we've created. And I have to say, Ch- uh, Jason, this is very typically Chelsea in a sense, from all over the world. I mean, we've got yeah, mates yeah. in America, yeah. Australia, South Africa, any anywhere in the world. We've, we've mm-hmm. you know, we've got people that we would count as friends. And I, if, if that's a powerful thing, isn't it? It is. And again, it goes back to the point I was kind of making a, a minute ago about how, how it's changed because these fans, they may have existed, but we weren't too familiar of, uh, about them. With the emergence of Sky and the broadcasting channels going globally now, we can now see, they can now see Chelsea, their team, beamed into their front room, into their bar, into their mate's house, and they can then watch these games. And as I said, they're educated now. They, they, they see football on a totally different level. They don't just see match of the day highlights or highlights via ESPN or whoever their particular network was at that particular time. Yeah, and excellent. you're absolutely right. They're, they're fan bases all over the world and, 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 and football clubs know that. That's why these tours, you know, why, why Chelsea end up going to either Australia or America or, or Malaysia or wherever it happens to be, they know that there is a fan base to be tapped into out there. Yeah. And I'm guessing your experiences like mine, some of them are absolutely crazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. they, lo- they, they, love their, they love their team. They love their football. And the football, the Chelsea fans that I've met either on Twitter or when I've travelled with, um, I've been lucky enough to go with the first team on, on a pre-season tour, they are absolutely fanatical. So you're right, Chidge. You know, these, it's all, it's, it is a, as we know, it's a global sport and Chelsea is a global brand. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. Uh, just to kind of sum up, uh, what, what do you think of uh, a bunch of lunatics like us hitting, hitting 500 episodes? Well, it's a remarkable milestone. I mean, I'm guessing if I was to ask you when when I sat down with you, how many do you want to get to? You you wouldn't even have thought of a number 500. You know, it's, it, I'm guessing you would have thought in terms of seasons. So what so what are we talking now? We're talking 12, 12 seasons. Twelve years. You guys yeah. have been, so so that's that's a you know that's not many not many players last a club twelve seasons. <laughs> I mean, that's John Terry. So I think it's um it's an incredible milestone. You guys should be very proud of. Um, and no doubt there'll be another 500 uh, podcasts and another 12 seasons to, to look back on. And hopefully uh, when you do get to your thousandth, you'll be picking the phone and saying, can you come back and, and have another chat? And, and, you know, hopefully there'll be as many more successful seasons as we've had. But it's um, the, the, the reason you've gone on that long is because there's a need for it. That people want it. People listen to it. People engage with it. Um, and it's um, it's there. It's it's a uh, it, it's it's a product that people clearly are enjoying. And you know, like I said at the top, congratulations, and you know, looking forward to the thousands one. Lovely stuff. I, 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 that's, that's really sweet, Emo. I appreciate that. I have worked well, out. Work. I have worked out two things. One is that I've, I don't think I've ever had a job 
uh, that's lasted 12 years, uh, which is no surprise considering I worked in telly. Secondly, yeah. of course, if I worked in telly, you always waited for the commissioning editor to come in. As you know, I mean, you were there when it happened. You know, sorry, that's mate, right. that's, that's it. Right. No, no more. Yeah. You, you're, you're off the project or we're scrapping the series. So if you want to do a long-running series, make sure you own it. Yes, good idea. <laughs> and produce idea. it and write it yeah, yeah. and present yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, yeah. if I do do a thousand, mate, I'll, I've worked out, if that'll be another 12 years. I'll be 67, mate. Right. For Christ, God's so sake. What will I be? I'll be 62. I'll be 62. We'll definitely don't, be Chelsea pensioners, like that. mate. That's for sure. I don't know. Well, look, congratulations Thanks, and, and well done. And like I said, there's, it, it's a lot of hard work goes into this as well. Yeah. And I think some people, you know, maybe that's, Maybe it's not for their for them to think that the hard work goes into it, and they're, it's there just to enjoy it. But you know, once you get to a milestone like this, and you do take stock and reflect on what you guys have done, I, it, it's the effort that's gone into it, and you're putting a, a product out there, clearly a, a product that people love and, um, and very much enjoy. And you know, the episodes that I've listened to, my my boys listen to the yeah, episodes as yeah. well. You know, both my my, <laughs> my younger my elder boys um, are massive Chelsea fans. You know, and they've yeah. um, they, they they listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot. So um, congratulations and um, to everyone, and you know, long may it continue. You're an absolute star, Jace. Thanks so much, and we will Tom catch. Manchid. We'll catch up soon and have a beer. All right. Hopefully, hopefully, very soon at Stamford Bridge, matey. Due to my career in football media, we've often had football journalists on the show, including Neil Ashton, Rob Shepherd, Martin Lipton, Henry Winter, Jason Burt, Simon Johnson, Dom Fifield, and many others. We've even had a special Chelsea fancast via the press show to fight back against the perceived media agenda against the club. That was a top show. But over the years, we've always found it adds a lot to the show to have a Chelsea-centric journalist coming on the show regularly to give us the inside track. Liam Toomey of The Athletic may only have joined us recently, but he's become a real member of the Chelsea Fancast family, one of us, and still appears on the show a couple of times a month. OK, so I've got uh, well, somebody I consider to be a great friend, actually, Liam Toomey, who, of course, uh, you know, used to write for ESPN, now writes for the wonderful Athletic, which many of us enjoy reading re- uh, week in, week out. And Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Liam does a fine uh, job, I think, covering Chelsea uh, fairly and intelligently. Uh, something that I'd like to say that the Chelsea fancast does as well, but uh, Liam does a fine job, and it's brilliant having you on the phone uh, to talk about the Chelsea fancast. Liam, how are you, dear boy? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I'm getting used to staring out the window. I, I'm hearing that staring out the window is the new walking. Um, <laughs> so that, that I, I'm very much getting into that. Uh, but it's yeah, it, it, it's good, and it's and it's a pleasure to be invited on to to mark this unique anniversary indeed indeed I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain you know i've got a memory like a goldfish but i'm trying to remember when i first kind of bullied you into coming on to the fan cars <laughs> do, do, do you have any any recollection of that um i can't remember an exact date but i think i hadn't been at espn for very long so i, I think it was maybe early in 2016 and uh, i remember going for a coffee with you in pimlico i don't know if you remember that i do because that um, that was uh, that would have been uh um, Delicio Italia, which is a, I, I used to compare that to my own personal version of Satriales or Satriales that they had in the Sopranos because <laughs> it was a very kind of <laughs> Italian deli selling pork meat and uh, cannoli and superb cappuccinos. And I used to sit there smoking a fag and having my cappuccino and watching the world go by pretending I was Tony Soprano. So I did, I did in fact invite you into my uh, 
my kind of, you know, hallowest of halls, really, there, Liam. <laughs> it did have a similar exterior. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, not didn't didn't have the uh, the larger than life Italians sitting outside it, but um, <laughs> maybe that was just my my good timing. Um, but yeah, I remember you you just I think you'd just been elected um, the the chair of the supporters trust, and so we were chatting about how we could help each other in. In, in my new job and in your new role. And um, and I think in the course of that, the, the fan cast came up and um, I was keen to get involved because, I mean, I I must admit at that stage, I wasn't I wasn't quite aware of, of how big um, the fan cast was with, with Chelsea fans and particularly with with match-going Chelsea fans. I, I knew you had a pretty good, pretty good listenership that you built up over a long time, but I think that the, the scale of the... Um, the outreach and particularly when you get to the point in your shows when you're reading out emails from listeners all over the world um i think that that brought it home to me um and uh yeah it was i was excited to get involved and and and, and it was more of a pleasure when i realized how much of a reach you guys had mm, very kind of you to say i mean uh, you kind of all well i wouldn't say uniquely because there are there is a bit of crossover but of course you were very generous with your time with us on the kind of the other incarnation of the show that we started, which was the one we did on Fridays at Long, on Love Sport Radio, which we used to do live at seven o'clock, and and we used to have you coming on to give us the lowdown on what had happened on the uh, the the re- well, it would have been on the Friday, wouldn't it, the Chelsea press conference up at Cobham, uh, which of course you were lucky enough to go to. We loved getting your insight from that. Yeah, t- telling you how many times um, Antonio Conte had stressed it was important to work. <laughs> um, and and uh, and and Maurizio Sarri had uh, had accidentally slandered one of his own players <laughs> in, a, in a in a fit of um, in, in a fit of pure honesty. Um, yeah, so yeah, they were they were quite fun. Um, there, there was usually something to talk about, even if there wasn't necessarily something newsy. What you what you realise when you're going to these press conferences quite regularly is that um, when you're in the room, you can pick up things that you, you don't necessarily pick up just from reading the quotes online or or seeing the stories that people have written. That's one of the things that has been the biggest change for me in my new job is that I'm not going to those press conferences every single week. And um, there are good things about that, but that, that's one of the bad things in that it's, it's quite good to to stay plugged into a manager when, you, when you're there all the time. And, uh, you know, f- with my eternal gratitude, you're still finding time to... Uh to pop along to the Chelsea fan cars fairly regularly, uh, even though uh, The Athletic have got their own Chelsea podcast uh, straight out of Cobham. I- I've still got the hump that you didn't get me to present it, Liam, but I-, I, will, I will forgive you for that. It's a fine show. I, I wasn't involved. I wasn't involved in a decision about a host. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean Matt, Matt is excellent is. as well. And he I is. think he's, he's got... Um, He's got a unique perspective in terms of doing the Chelsea comms, and 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 he's been doing that for a long time. He he's not a Chelsea fan himself, but he's been, I think, part of that um, scene for so long that he's he's really really good in the way that he generates the running orders and um, keeps us all it <laughs> keeps us all in line. Stops stops me and Simon in particular just waffling on into the into the ether. But um, I think that. The, the reason why I was excited to start that podcast was I thought it, it sat quite nicely alongside um, the established Chelsea podcast, most notably yourself, you know, with the, with the fan cast quite well, because you guys are, are really good at offering um, 
the fan perspective on what's going on and talking about the things that that, that fans really care about and it, and actively engaging with them. And I think um, the pod that we've started um, with Straight Out of Cobham is kind of more trying to give the the view from the press box almost, um, and 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 trying to trying to give people that 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 kind of weekly insight into what might be going on behind the scenes or what might be the subtext of what's being said. And I, I think those two things sit, sit alongside each other really well. And they're, and they're both equally important. You know, it's, it's really important to know how fans are feeling about events as they happen. I, well, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I've been very lucky in my career, uh, in the TV career particularly, in getting to know a lot of the, uh, the mainstream uh, football journalists who you know, pretty much all bar, well, you know, 90% of them are absolutely fantastic blokes. They're massive fans of football anyway, highly entertaining, uh, can drink as much as I can. Uh, <laughs> but but what I love about them, actually, uh, I've always found that they're, I mean, you know, the, in the antithesis to what you said, actually, I, I've always found their views interesting because, you know, I know they get a bit of a tough rap about agendas and being biased, but they're they're, they're very close to what's going on in a way that we can't be. So I've, I mean, maybe less so than the old days, you know, because I remember I know journalists used to go drinking with half the players, you know. So it was a very different time, but they do have a different perspective, which I always welcome. Um, going back to the fan cast, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you've done a bit of everything, haven't you? I, I don't, I mean, obviously you weren't around when we were in Putney Station or Sports Tonight Live, but I think you've been down at my flat occasionally before we had to push it all kind of online. But do you have any kind of fond memories of it, or funny memories, or? Appalling memories. I mean, any or all of them, really. <laughs> um, I remember doing the first, and um, the, the the first time I came down to the Love Sports Studio to do the the Friday show with you and J.K. Um, and and you presenting me with the the running order that you drafted for the evening, and within about half an hour, that had been completely torn up, <laughs> thrown on the because you you and J.K. just went on a kind of twenty minute tangent. That, uh, <laughs> I realised quite quickly that I would I would be best served simply going with the flow and kind of trying to riff <laughs> off you guys um, because it was a it was like a it was like a force of nature. There was no there was, there was no regimenting that structure, but it was a very fun conversation. That's a very that's a really very observant point actually because <laughs> I, I, and I do wonder actually because you know you you've you've pretty much been on with nearly everybody who's currently involved with the fan cast and although we're all wildly different personalities none of us are shrinking violets at all so how i i don't know how we we manage to you know coalesce such a diverse group of people <laughs> and without it descending into absolute chaos and anarchy every week it it, it defies logic in my book but there you go well, you found a way to um, you, you found you found a way to just about keep everyone in line. I think when you're when you're hosting the fan cast, you, you managed to you manage to knit it together, and you you know when to let um, some of the contributors, like if JK's going on a rant about referees or <laughs> something about that, you you know when to let them run and when to when to cut them off. Well, I, I think, think that's probably you've, you've been dealing with them for a long time. So I, I have. think that's where those instincts I, probably come from. I have. Well, I have to be also be honest is that the current mob, uh, of which of course you are one, are far better behaved than the mob <laughs> that I used to do it uh, with in Putney Station. Of course, there's a very essential ingredient missing these days, which has helped me to keep it in order, and that's the vast amount of alcohol <laughs> that we used to drink while doing the show, 
which uh, I mean, you know, they just used to wind me up deliberately, and uh, but, and that's why I was so bossy at, at the time because it was like trying to run a play group. It was crazy. You lot are far more professional, I have to say, and I love you all for that. Um, just to wrap up, Liam, uh, I, I I find it staggering that we've you know because I mean, let's face it, a lot of people who do Chelsea media um, are considerably younger than most of us. Uh, and yet here we are on our 500th show, uh, started in April 2008. I can't believe we're, we're stupid enough to still be doing it. So what do you what do you think about the fact that we've hit 500? And also, what what do you think about, you know, this fan-originated uh, media, things like the Chelsea Fangas kind of impact it has on football and, and football media, in fact? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, getting to 500, 500 is, a, is an incredible achievement. Um, and I think it's, it's a testament to the the listenership that you've built up because it you know you couldn't get to a number like that or have that kind of longevity if people didn't care enough to listen and to keep listening and to keep coming back to to email you to to actively engage in in the conversation and i think what what you guys have done really well and you know we've seen a few other chelsea pods um chelsea fan pods kind of start in the last few years and and maybe operate a slightly in a slightly different space, but I think they all owe a bit of a debt to um to the fan cast and to and to the, the things that came before because you you know, you guys established the that, that kind of platform for conversation for Chelsea fans to to talk about and to listen to the things that, that they really felt about their club and, and they felt really mattered to them about the club. And occasionally that would be you know, a platform to vent about what's going on, uh, about players or, or the way the club was being run. And, and occasionally that's, you know, to celebrate the, the, the great victories and the, um, and the good times. And I think, uh, you know, that, that that's all an essential part of the fan experience. And I think one of the best things about being a, fo- a football fan is being able to chat about it with your mates, you know, before, during, after. And I think that's, that's the kind of spirit that the fan cast has always has always captured really well. But I think also as you've as you've gained a um, as you've gained a, a more global listenership, I think the Premier League has exploded as well um, in terms of the the attention paid to it around the world. You guys have done a really good job of engaging with that as well, and I think and, and making everyone making everyone who listens, no matter where they're listening from, feel like they're part of that community, and, and that's. Um, yeah, that's something really good, and I think it's it continues the the, the fan the fan based um, kind of media and, and podcast genre has a has a big role to play going forward as well. Because I think, however, football comes out of the the current shutdown, um, there's there's always going to be a big big place for um, fans to discuss the big issues that matter to them, and I think. Um, you know, the fan cast is one of the pods that, that plays a really key role in that. Well, there you go. I knew I could rely on you to bring some intelligence to the debate uh, on, a, on a very auspicious and uh, special show for us today, uh, Liam. So I thank you for that. And I look forward to not only having you back on the show, which I know we'll do soon. In fact, maybe even the uh, the piss-up version of this, which is going out <laughs> at 7 o'clock on the Monday. But I, I, what I look forward to most is football being back and also catching up for for a beer with you, something that I'm, I'm you know, if I miss anything, it's, it's it's meeting up with all the people like you lot for a beer occasionally at the football. So long, uh, well, long may the fan cast continue, but, you know, the sooner we have that back, the better, I think. 
hopefully I still remember what a pub looks like well, by the indeed. time this is all <laughs> Indeed. Liam, you're a star, mate. Lovely to speak to you, and uh, I do look forward to seeing you very, very soon. Yeah, good to speak to you, Chidge. Um, stay well, and, and I'll catch up with you soon. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Our next guest is almost indescribable. Chelsea journalist, Chelsea TV presenter, on-pitch announcer, and now the presenter of the football show on Sirius in the USA. Neil Spy Barnett is another guest who has made appearances in every location we've used, Putney Station, Sports Tonight Live, My Flat and Love Sport Radio, and he's become a great mate in the process. One thing, though, Spy is the only one I know who can talk more than me or Jonathan Kidd. Right, Mr. Neil Barnett, also known as The Spy. Um, Neil, it's so lovely to see you, actually, particularly at this, this time when we're not allowed to go out and stuff. But uh, I have to say that you're, you're unique as a, as a Chelsea fancast guest for two particular reasons. One is I think you're one of the only guests we've had who have done Putney Station back in that funny place in Putney where we used to get horribly drunk. You've done, uh, I, I think you might have been in my flat. If not, you've certainly done stuff, kind of done, done the virtual uh, way we do it on Skype and stuff, but you've also been on Love Sport, and I, I can't think of any other guest that's done that. And you're the only person I know who can talk more than me and Jonathan Kidd. Yeah, I, I also did. Uh, I did a place in uh, just north of uh, Oxford Street. Once. Yeah, bloody hell! There you go, house, as they say in bingo. You've done the lot because <laughs> yeah. you did the TV thing too, didn't you? Up yeah, in yeah, yeah. Tonight Live. I forgot that. Yeah. Good God. There we go. What a legend you are. How are you, my friend? Are you well? I, I'm. Yeah. I'm, obviously, my belief has uh, intensified that your relationship with your football club is not a marriage, is not family, 
is is not uh, whatever anybody says it is. It's an addiction. Mm. And I think we're all going through a bit of cold turkey at the moment. Yeah. And uh, we're all talking an awful lot about it. And we're all... Uh, we're all indulging in the most crass speculation I have ever heard in my life. Mm. So everybody, we're not signing so-and-so. We're not selling so-and-so. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Don't believe any of it. Just remember four letters, S-H-I-T, and ignore it all. For God's sake, it's pathetic. Oh, you, 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 you just echoed Jonathan. Jonathan did an epic rant <clears throat> on Monday night about that very issue. Hey, look, talking of the fan cast, I'm just, it's our 500th episode uh, on Monday. And the anniversary. To well, you. mate, I, I, I must be certified. Well, if if people thought I was certifiable before, they certainly know that I am now. I mean, I can't believe we've done 500. You know, you you were a very early guest of ours. I think we got you on uh, when you just released the book Ten, which of course oh, I love. Yeah, when, yeah. when was that? Uh, I don't know, but uh, uh, it was it was Chelsea's ten best players, and it must have been around twenty oh eight, twenty oh nine, because uh, I was away at a European game, um, and I was having a few drinks as you do with Kerry, uh, and Kerry drinks. was in Kerry was in there, obviously in in the book, and I didn't have my tenth person, and and he said. Uh, never mind who's 10th best, who sell it the most? I said, I mean, Joe Cole. And he goes, make him your 10th. <laughs> so I phoned Joe Cole and, and said, I'm writing this book. And I said, uh, it's it's um, the 10 best players. I said, I've got to be brutal, Joe. You're not in my 10 best yet. <laughs> but by the time it comes out, you will be because you're playing so well at the moment. All you got to do is keep going for another year, year and a half when it comes out and you'll be in it. And he goes, spy. He says, never mind in your top 10, I'll be number one. Oh, bless him. <laughs> so he was he was the 10th person. So uh, he won player of the year when we got to the Champions League final in 2008. And yeah. he left in 2010. Uh, and uh, I shouldn't say this because you're not supposed to talk about these things. But I did have a disagreement with somebody who owns the club over whether he should be in my top 10 or not. Yeah, but it's personal choice, isn't it? And I, I mean, you know, <laughs> so I, I wasn't surprised when he went on a free. <laughs> well, there we go. I mean, it, it, I, I forgot actually that we'd got you on that early. Actually, we we did well on getting some really good guests early on. You, of course, were one of them. We've become good mates since then. Of course, we've got loads of mutual friends as well. But I mean, you know, what do you remember about coming on the fan cast? It was a bit different, I think, than a lot of the other stuff that was out there, particularly then. Yeah, it was, and and it, it was it was it was one of those. Uh, cast that had uh, podcasts that have that real live factor because it had uh, an area cut off in the Putney Station bar where you had a little bit of an audience, uh, and and so it was both conversation and performance, if you like, and and it was it was uh, the audience were a football audience, so it was a bit booing and a bit cheering and singing and clapping and and everything, um, and and I have to say. Some time ago, or probably in the last couple of years, I've been back to the Putney Station. It's closed now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, it's, I, it's, a, it's now a pub, like a craft craft pub. Is, yeah, yeah, I did go back there, and uh, I don't know why. And I don't know who we... It could be Bobby, probably Bobby Tamley. Well, we had the uh, party there that you were at. Do you remember that? Where I brought Bobby when yeah. he was uh, when he was really bad. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that would have been that would have been twenty 
13. It was, yeah. He was probably at his worst. Yeah. Uh, uh, with his when he was in a wheelchair and, and it was really looking dodgy whether he'd survive or not. That, that yeah, was and br- he came round. Yeah. And that, he, he was really pleased to come. I'm mate. I can. I remember that. I'm glad you reminded me actually because I remember you phoning me up saying, "Mate, mate, I'm coming. I'm coming to the party. But I've, I, is it all right if I bring bring some people?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "I've got Bobby Tambling." I said, <laughs> bring him, bring him. He said, "Yeah, but he, 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 I don't know because you're you're all upstairs, and and I don't know if he can." I said, "Mate, don't worry, just bring him." And you know, sitting downstairs, and actually, there was basically a queue for most of the evening with all the guests I had at the party lining up to go and give Bobby a hug and say hello. It was lovely. I've got some lovely photographs of that still, actually. But it was a lovely evening, and, and he loved it. It, yeah. it. it was a time when he needed his spirits lifting because uh, he came in in, in a, a wheelchair, I think, and. Uh, uh, and um, and he was on to move anywhere. He was on crutches yeah. and and uh, couldn't put any weight on his bad leg. And and uh, it was it was it was spiriting lifting for him. It was a brilliant night. Like, it was. Yeah. It was a great night. That and uh, I mean he's so much better now, which is also a lovely thing. I've, I've seen him, you know, before all this started off. I did an interview with him actually, uh, kind of early in the season, and he was on absolutely cracking for. And in the end. After 18 months of really extreme agony for him and extreme worry and anxiety for everyone, uh, plus also the pressure of Frank closing in on his record, uh, because when he was at his worst was when Frank was going through the 190s mm-hmm. uh, and catching up with the 202. And one of the things that I'm sort of proudest of, really, in my time at Chelsea, uh, was that I got those two together and they became firm friends. Mm. And in fact, at the same time, of course, uh, when Frank took up with Christine, uh, you had two Irish women, albeit one Northern Irish and one Southern Irish, and they became firm friends. And um, the best moment of all in many ways was when Frank broke the record at Aston Villa. Um, uh, and that was 2013. Yeah. When Frank broke the record at <clears throat> Aston Villa, and Bobby was sitting in a pub in Ireland and everyone was looking at him in the pub to see what his reaction was. Uh, when, when the 203rd goal went in, he got two, remember, in the game, 202 and 203. When the 203rd goal went in, uh, Val's phone rang and it was Christine. <laughs> Just to say, we're thinking of you. So... It, it felt like Bobby was not losing the record, but handing it over because they'd become such firm friends. Yeah, so so it, it, was, it, was, it was, in fact, a, a changing time. And, and part of that change was just him getting that spiritual support. And he mm. certainly got it that night at, well, at the Putney Station. He thoroughly deserves it, mate. Now, uh, one of the things that I've, I've always tried to do, and, I, and I, whether I've managed it or not is not really for me to judge, but uh, we try and be quite fair. On, on the show to players and to the club in general. If we think they've been an idiot, an idiot or, or st- made a stupid decision, we'll, we'll call it. If we think they've done all right, we'll, we'll say so. Um, in other words, I'm very proud of our independence from the club, obviously. And of course, you know, we've seen the whole kind of fan media thing explode. I mean, we did it and started doing it in 2008. Since then, it's just gone mental. I mean, how, how important do you think people like us are in that whole kind of football media world particularly with the, with the independence from the club well first of all the extraordinary thing is that the bigger the business gets the bigger the corporate side of everything gets the more global 
it gets. And the more global it gets, the more important you become. Because the one thing that way that uh, people from the across the globe can keep in touch is by following the podcasts. And it feels that <laughs> what these people want to be, they don't want to be customers, they want to be supporters. And with the greatest respect to the club, all they can really do is, is facilitate them like customers. What you do is encourage them to join in being supporters. And, and from that point of view, it's quite ir ironic that those people who, who want to express their support for the club on a local basis in a media outlet are actually facilitating the support from across the globe. But it's a very healthy thing. It's a very healthy thing. I'm not one of those people who, who thinks that getting support across the globe is a negative thing. Uh, and, and, of course, the more successful you get, the more tourists you get, you're going to get. But would you rather be unsuccessful and have no tourists? And, and uh, I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of um, just, I think, wrong feelings about certain things about the old days and and um you know people who say oh we've never recreated the shed we've lost the atmosphere bollocks um all the atmosphere from the shed used to go up into the sky and the rest of the stadium never got it and i was a west stand benches boy and then a west stand season to get older when my mum and dad didn't want to sit on the benches anymore we never got the atmosphere and and I walked people around that pitch for years at half time, and everyone who played before '94, before uh, we became all seater and all the all the uh, stands were brought in pitch side, they all say, "Oh God, I wish I played in this stadium. The atmosphere is so much better." So don't give me that the atmosphere was great when we couldn't win uh, a tournament and we couldn't have a good home record with that flipping greyhound track. Because it wasn't. Mm. Uh, it was sometimes, and it was in various portions of the ground. But as a stadium, it wasn't great. And I was interested on uh, the Sky Sports um, website the other day, Martin Tyler saying that the atmosphere at London grounds, apart from Chelsea, is poor compared to the grounds around the country. And he singled Chelsea out. Well, if he does it, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so... It's a healthy time. Uh, we're filling the ground. But if you don't have supporters having a say, they won't get heard because that's the way football is. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, and, and you, of course, uh, and again, are you quite a unique position because you worked inside the club doing their media. But of course, you never, you never towed the line <laughs> from what I could see, Neil. And I love you for that. And we've also yeah, done well, it outside I, with the with the, I, the show you're doing on Sirius now, for example. Yeah, Sirius XM in in the United States, folks. Um, and and uh, uh, Sirius XM, by the way, uh, is a satellite station with 32 million subscribers, wow. paying 15 dollars a month, as they say. Wow. Do the math. Um, but um, yeah, Neil's, by the way, reporting from his Lang Lamborghini at the moment because <laughs> of this. But but <laughs> what happened? Uh, in in 1991, I took over what was then called uh, Bridge News, and uh, we called it Onside. Uh, and I edited that, the, the club newspaper, until 2004. And in that was a very healthy, vibrant letters page, which which did 
take a lot of negative issues or negative feelings and 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 criticism club criticism at the club and it was handled and dealt with and i i think i did make a lot of enemies in that time because i was seen as the one supporting the club but i was i was allowing the club was allowing uh, the kind of debates that that facilitated and to be fair uh, when I when I agreed to take the newspaper, Colin Hutchinson, who was then the uh, the uh, chief executive, managing director, whichever one it was, um, it's told me you walk the line because all the fanzines and and we have to give credit because the fanzines are in a way the pre technologically uh, 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 age uh, predecessor of the podcast, mm. um, but the the fanzines were getting a lot of love and a lot of support. And and he said to me, you walk the line, he said, and when you cross it, I'll sack you. Uh, and I walked the line until 2004 when, when Onside was scrapped and the Chelsea magazine took over and, and, and bless the magazine, didn't have that kind of thing. But by that time, I was doing the phone-in on Chelsea TV. And again, we were able to facilitate that kind of debate on the phone-in. So that lasted until the phone-in was scrapped in... I think it was 2009, by which time it has to be said I was actually banned from the training ground. So I wasn't getting the kind of, uh, I wasn't getting the kind of input uh, from the players that I've been getting before because I wasn't, uh, I was by that stage considered a little too dangerous to go to the training ground. There you go. I, I like the point that you just made about uh, the United States of America and, uh, you know, getting out and reaching those people. And I think that's something that you and I particularly have in common that, We've got so many mates that we've made out in the States, mutual friends as well, people mm. like Beth, for example. Uh, and and I think that some sort of a combination of you and uh, people like Beth and a lot of other friends we made in the States actually really helped the initial success of the fan cast because they absolutely warmed to it. And and we've been just so privileged. One of the high, I mean, you, you talk to anybody who's been on the show with me for the last 500. One of the things they, they always say about the joy of doing it is the number of friends that they've made, but particularly from the States, because those guys just seem to love all this stuff. So I totally agree with you on that. Final, final point, uh, Spy. Just really wrap it up with 500 episodes. I mean, you know, I, I think that's quite an achievement, even though I shouldn't probably be saying that myself. I I've got to say, um, and take this personally. I will. You look very young. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't do much work. <laughs> you, I, I, I don't know. I, of course, because of this lockdown, I haven't seen you in a pub recently. Are you drinking less? Well, I haven't had a, had a, pub, a drink in a pub for since the. Well, actually, that's a funny story in itself because the last home match I made was the Spurs match because I was busy working down here. It's a lie that I don't do any work. Uh, I was too busy to get up to the Everton and the Liverpool matches. But I'm, but I, they were oh, brilliant. Yeah, I know. I'm really pissed off that I didn't. But um, I, because I'm down in Winchester now, I quite often have to drive up to the ground, so I don't tend to get on the beer like I used to. But the Spurs game, I got the train. I got so battered with Andy Ray, who you'll probably know. Andy, Brian uh, Wolf, Orange County. Yeah, Brian Wolf from Chicago. Yeah, uh, Richard <laughs> Weeks, all the mantles, and they were playing a game where they would buy me another. I, I couldn't buy a drink because every time I tried to, they said, "Oh, there's another Guinness for you, Chidge. They were basically trying to get me to miss my train, and I missed three. And I think I got the last train back to Winchester, crawled into a taxi. 
uh, crawled up the stairs to bed and face planted in bed, and that was me done. So it's probably a good thing for my liver <laughs> the football's been put on abeyance for a while. That's for sure. But I'm on good form, thanks, Neil. That's for sure. Yeah. No, I I I think it's a great achievement. Five hundred podcasts, uh, and I think that I think that it will get healthier and healthier because mm. there is so much to talk about, and and even now as footballers are told they've got to give this and they've got to give that and the royal family isn't told that which i just think is incredible and the chief executives of all the big business aren't told it and the bankers and the lawyers aren't told it uh i just football is an easy dartboard at the moment and all i know is i miss it yeah me too. Let's hope it comes back real soon. Let's hope you come back and get on the fan cast real soon. I think we are going to get you on, actually, because we're still carrying on, even though there's no football. I love that. It's perfect for us because we just we love talking about nonsense anyway. So if there's no football to talk about, not a problem for us. So we'll get you on in a few weeks' time, all right? Uh, as long as I can drink while I'm on it. Well, I, that, that's a prerequisite, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary. Cheers, mate. You're a star. Spy may be big in America, but fewer bigger than our next guest, the First Lady of Chelsea in America. Some might say the Queen of the CIA, Beth Wilde. I've got a very, very special guest on the line right now, a very good friend of mine uh, from, from a long time ago, uh, although I actually only got, a, got to know her really through, through doing the Chelsea fancast, much to my shame. Uh, but I used to jokingly jokingly refer to her as the Queen of the CIA, but I, I wasn't really talking about the Central Intelligence Agency. I was, of course talking about Chelsea in America, which was very much her baby. And I am very delighted to speak to you, Beth. Uh, long time no speak. How the devil are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Retirement from Chelsea in America is suiting me quite well, actually. I get to be just a supporter for a change. So, um, you know, I'm trying to rack my brains as to when, when you turfed up to Putney Station one, you know, Saturday, Sunday or Monday night even and, and checked out these bunch of reprobates who were drunkenly talking about the club you love. Do you, do you remember when you first appeared on the show? I don't. I don't remember. I remember. I remember. You know, it was Daz that brought me on the show. Mantle. Yeah. You know, the Mantle brothers brought me brought me along, and um, so I was just on the benches, didn't have a mic at that time, um, and just loved it. I just loved it. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to say something, but I loved it. I loved the banter. It was like being in a pub, only it wasn't quite as loud. And you guys were fab. And everything that I loved about Chelsea, and I think that's one of the reasons why I got so adamant about telling everybody over here to listen to it, because I knew it was a real intimate uh, picture into what it what it really truly means to be a, a Chelsea supporter. So uh, and I loved it, but it was I'll tell you when it was. It was when Lizzie Durham was still read my tweets, which was ages ago, ages and ages ago. So I think it was like two thousand. And six? Is that possible? No, no, no. We, we, we started in 2008, in April 2008. So I'm thinking it must have been 2010, 11. I don't think it was that late. Maybe before then. Because I can't believe that I didn't know you before the mantles and all of that lot. Because I must have known. I must have known. I mean, I used to joke with you that the first time I ever saw you, 
because I never saw you at a game, you know, because uh, as uh, as would often happen. But I first saw you in that weird, well, weird sit, old. The... Go on. You sit over in the, um, you sit over Matthew Harding, and I'm a, I was always in the shed. So. Yeah, yeah. But I think the first time I saw you was uh, in that funny old film Blue Revolution that came out in two thousand and seven. <laughs> Uh, and uh, we've often yeah. we've often joked about that, but um, I mean the funny the thing I remember, Beth, you know, and this is the weird thing, and memory does strange things to you, but you're dead right. I mean, you used to turn up because you were in town and you were doing the whole Chelsea thing because you would make the absolute most of every weekend that you ever came over to see Chelsea. So that was very much part of the excursion for you. And of course, you may well have started on the benches, but it was impossible to keep you out of it because you would be throwing throwing stuff around shouting saying this that you 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 could not not be involved so it was it was a it was simple maths my love we we had to get you on properly in the end and that's what we did well i just loved it i loved it so much um like i said and i remember coming back from the first the first time because i went twice you know i was i was usually there about three weekends so that gave me two mondays or two sundays depending on how we played. And um, I would go, and I went both times, and I came back, and I was like, you, and we had a tiny, tiny little podcast here. Well, that you guys actually spurred us to have a tiny podcast. and But we had email. We were emailing all the members and things like that. And I had to tell everybody. I had to tell everybody, you've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to this. This is so great. This is what it's like to be in London. Because at that time, we either had expats or guys that didn't, had never been to the bridge before. And it was such a window into one of, our, one of Chelsea in America's main things was our history, the, our traditions, our, you know, the way that we watch matches, the way, the way that Chelsea really is. You know, we didn't want to use an American model. We wanted to use Chelsea model. And... It was it was it was a it was a godsend, truly, truly a godsend, because the banter, the discussions, and it was nice because it wasn't just stats. You know, there was lots of places, as there are now, too many, I think, that deal with just stats. And it was not having stats, and it was about the Guinness moment. It was about what happened in the pub. It was about the songs. It was about all of the things that that I love about going to Chelsea. You know, I'm I'm not one of those statos. I, I can't even remember the score of the last game, but I'll remember what we sang and and you guys brought that home. Well, there you go. Uh, we're obviously a kindred spirits, you see, and I always knew this. Now, here's the thing. You've been sitting here being really lovely about us, and I, and I love you for it, saying uh, what we mean to the, the people in the States and, and, and really what what it is that we translated to get across the pond but here's the reality beth and I, we were joking about this before i went on air but you know I, I, funny enough i've been listening to a lot of clash recently there's a lot of clash kind of things going on here at the moment and and i always and i i know what it was i was listening to the podcast that they had on spotify that's what made me think of this but talking of their american tour when they went over in 1979 and and eighty around the time of London calling and and it was a massive it's always been a massive thing for British bands to go over to America and break America and mm. if you didn't break America you never really had a, a a proper global success and I actually think you can say the same about the Chelsea fancast and the reality is 
we would never have broken America if it hadn't been for you doing exactly what you just uh-huh. said, you know, telling everybody, getting the getting the huge support of Chelsea in America, which I have to say, Beth, still support us hugely every week by retweeting our tweets and stuff and, and getting people to listen to the show. So we owe you a massive gra- a gra- a debt of gratitude, and, I, and I'm, I shall forever be thankful for your hard work on our behalf. Well, it was it wasn't hard work. It was just a labor of love, and I loved it so much. It's like with anything. You go to a restaurant, you hear a band, you try a beer, whatever it is. You want all of your friends, you want everybody you know to to enjoy it just as much as you did. And it was so easy to do because you guys made it so easy. You know, it was it was it's such an enjoyable podcast, you know, um, because it is the epitome of what a Chelsea supporter is. It's it's that banter. It's that silliness. It's it used to be about a few cuss words here and there. But and the other thing is, is that you had such a wide variety of people on the show that um, came from different perspectives, you know, everybody from Mart to, you know, uh, just to you, to Daz, to, to Lizzie, you know, Lauren was on for a while, you know, you brought different perspectives and, and that bringing in different perspectives is so important because it says, you know, there is this, this common link, but within that, some of us got brought to our first game by our dads. Some of us came in, and you guys have always been very accepting of all of the Americans that do listen to you. And, you know, in 2004, when we came over for the first time as a group, uh, 2005, actually, um, we had a tough time of it. You know, if you recall back in those days, Americans were, you know, there was a lot of fear about us, that we would be plastic, that we would change the club, that it would affect, you know, and it, and it hasn't been us um, that have done that. And, and, and you gave us this, like, you know, pat on the head and said, these guys are all right. And, and that opened up so many doors for, for our members, you know, with Chris Axon helping out, you know, doing tours while we were there, you know, for people that were coming over. There was just this whole thing that if you were going, if you were Chelsea in America, you were going to the bridge for the first time, there were certain things that you wanted to do, that you needed to do. You needed to go on a tour with either Elvis or Ledge. You needed to go to the podcast. You needed to go and do Chris Axon's tour of the bridge, you know, kind of thing. There were just certain things that were part and parcel of your first visit to Stamford Bridge if you were part of Chelsea in America. And you guys were certainly very much part of that because you were so inviting. Yeah, and then there was match day stuff because you invited them to the pub. Well, exactly. You know what? I'm, <clears throat> I have to say that's the one thing I miss about those days. Actually, from from doing because we, you know, we now like everybody else have to do it virtually because I moved out of London. But that's one of the things I remember most and really loved was the fact that not only would people turn up and sit on the benches and get abused by me for the privilege, whilst having a few pints and having travelled all that way from the states, but. It, we always kind of realised that that we were very much on the on the agenda, you know, go to a game, go to this pub, go and meet that person, then go and sit on the, on the benches of the Chelsea fans on a Monday. And I was so touched by that. And the other thing is, I, I mean, all the boys and girls that have been on the show for the last five hundred episodes will say the same. One of the thing, one of the things that they love and cherish most is the fact they've made so many friends from all over the world, not just America, but 
you know, Africa, Asia, Australia, Europe, you name it. We've got we've got friends all over the world from doing this show, many of whom, you know, on their kind of annual or, or, or biannual, you know, trek to the bridge will come and find us and have a beer. And, you know, I love that. That That's one of the fondest memories I have of it, certainly. Well, it 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 talks about what you're really about, you know, that you are really about the fan. And the, I mean, I have some really treasured moments of the fan cast. One was you guys helped me to introduce, introduce me to a very, very, very dear friend. And that's Lizzie, my darling Lizzie, who's like the daughter I never had her whole family. I just, I just love them all to bits. Um, that, Meeting her for the first time and becoming just very, very thick friends is, is, it's a treasure. It's really a treasure. And then the other thing I remember is when we did the Bobby Tambling night at, you know, at, at the station. Do you remember that? We had the party, didn't we? Bobby, Bobby, yeah. Bobby was sat down with Val and Spy, wasn't he, down in the bottom? And we were all up at the top and there was a long line of people that, we're just waiting to meet Bobby and shake his hand and say thank you. Oh my God! On that night, I, there were so many guys that came over and just said, "I can't," you know, "That's Bobby Tambling, isn't it?" And it's like, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, oh," and I said, "Well, come over and say hello." Oh no, I don't want to bother him. I said, "He's not like that. He's not like that. You've got to come over." And literally in tears, you know, guys getting their dads on the phone and going, "Dad, dad, dad, guess who I'm sitting next to?" You know, it was. It was an amazing, amazing night. Well, we definitely have and to have... And Bob loved it. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I, I spoke to Spy and he said it was a real tonic for me. And I got, I got to do a really lovely interview with Bobby not that long ago, actually, for the Chelsea special. And he, he remembers the night as well. Um, look, finally, uh, and we will have to have a big, big party, I think. Because, of course, nobody can go out here at the moment because of the lockdown. But uh, <laughs> when we get you over, we'll have a jar or three. But... In the meantime, what what do you think of us hitting the 500th episode as a milestone? Bravo. Um, I don't know how to say that. Bravo, bravo, bravo. It, it, it talks about how valuable you are as a resource for those who can't make every match. And I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say just for those, but also for, you know, it's a community. And it's a community that is supportive of each other and you bring value to that. And bravo. Long may it continue. May you do another 500. I know you're cringing at that thought. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, mate, you're going to have, there's going to be a time where you're going to have to do what I did with Chelsea in America, which is turn over the reins. Yeah. And let it, let it continue because it is part of Chelsea culture. You know, in 50 years, when when people like the new Mark Warall and the new Gate 17, you know, books and all of that, are writing books about this time, you are part and parcel of that. I saw a tweet yesterday, um, or maybe it was Facebook, that Counters is going to be on the new mural um, in Stamford Bridge, and he's so chuffed about it. And it's like, if I don't think 20 years ago he ever thought he would be. Um, but he's he's part of our culture. He's part of our history. And the Chelsea fan cast is part of our culture and part of our history. You know, it gets back to that thing that we need to write a book, not about the players, but about the fans. Because we don't get traded. We don't, we don't get bought. 
we don't have agents. We, but we are as vital a part of Chelsea as anything. There's conversations about, oh, if we finish the league behind doors. Well, why even bother? You know, sometimes the club forgets that we are as important as the players, as the team, as the manager. Best. That we we carry the flame. Um, you know, that, that you you guys are a part of that. We carry the flame. We are. We are Chelsea Football Club. Not the players, not the manager, not the not not even Roman. And God bless him for everything he's done through this very, very difficult time. We we are Chelsea Football Club. The supporters. Carried end up. Beth Wild, you are. I'm just so de- lovely to talk to you. It's been far too long, but I'm just delighted to hear that you're as passionate as you ever were about Chelsea and all things Chelsea. You're an absolute star and a legend. And thank you so much for your kind <laughs> words. And you and I will definitely have a beer or ten the next time you get over for some football and it's all back on. Beth and Chelsea in America were so successful in breaking the Chelsea fancast into the States that I believe we may have inspired another very successful Chelsea podcast, London is Blue. As with everyone we meet, they too have become great friends and we've been lucky enough to share the stage and a beer or five with them over the years. Hey there, Chelsea Fancast listeners. This is Brandon with the London is Blue podcast, jumping in on the celebrations with the Fancast 500th episode. Uh, Obviously, the Fancast has a special place in our hearts because uh, if you've ever listened to us, you know that we credit Chidge and the boys as inspiration for us starting our podcast as well. So we have rightfully dubbed Chidge the pod father, and we are so grateful that we've even gotten to meet up in person with him and a lot of the people from the Fancast. So again, a special place in our heart from the Fancast. Over to Dan. Uh, we've all, I think, enjoyed listening to the the highs, you know, smashing United, smashing Arsenal many, many times, beating Tottenham quite frequently. The thrill of getting to listen to one of those post-match episodes, it, it, it's just my favorite thing. It's like getting the entire extra Sunday, you know, an, an additional dessert. It's amazing. And you know, I think Nick, uh, the Podfather, Marco, J.K., Dan Sills, Clayton, everyone who's been involved in the fan cast all hold a special place in our heart. And, you know, I think it became even more, you know, more exciting and more impactful to us after getting a chance to meet them and hang out with them in person, transition to not just being listeners, but being friends as well. Yeah, a couple of, uh, a couple of sayings that I'll, I'll uh, credit should for is uh, – 90 minutes of football can ruin a great day out, um, which is 100% accurate. We've experienced that uh, when, we, when we were over to watch our, our beloved Blues lose to Spurs. And then the drunken escapades that happened at the Atlas after that match were, were epic. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was great to kind of commiserate together. And, uh, you know, I think the other one that, that stood the test of time for us specifically uh, was, you know, Chidge has always said, you know, he, he wants every podcast to be a Chelsea podcast. And, and that, to me, rings true. He was incredibly welcoming to us as we kind of started our show. And uh, it's something that has meant a lot to us. And then to grow in our friendship and to, you know, meet all of the friends and family, uh, more family now that I consider um, across the pond. It's been incredibly special. Um, but my favorite part of, of this whole journey, Brandon, is going to the Cock Tavern before a match 
enjoying beers with the guys, having a great day out, not really caring about the football. There have been multiple times where we have gone and, and didn't really want to leave the cock tavern because we were having such a good time. And I think that's just a testament to the guys and just congratulations on everything. 500 episodes is epic. Again, congratulations, Chidge and the boys and Alex Churchill when you've yep. appeared in the other females. True. Uh, thank you for setting the standard for blazing the trails for the rest of us to come. And most importantly, for welcoming every Chelsea fan from all walks of life with open arms. You are leading by example and we appreciate you. And we are so blessed to have you guys in our Chelsea community. Thank you. No, thank you guys and keep up the great work. The United States and Great Britain, two countries separated by a common language as George Bernard Shaw, a great Irishman, once said. Although I think it's safe to say we've done our best to unite them around our love for Chelsea. Well, there you go. 500 shows. What a ride. What a privilege. If you lot have enjoyed them half as much as we've had doing them, then I think I can say job done, mission accomplished. We've had such a great time doing this show for 12 years and 500 episodes, but an even better time following Chelsea from Moscow to Wembley to Munich to Baku, League Cups, FA Cups, Europa Cups, Champions League and Premier League titles, and the greatest Chelsea sides and players of all time. We couldn't have been luckier following Chelsea and doing podcasts on them for the last 12 years, but it's never been just about the football. None of it means anything without you, the people who listen to the show, especially those who were there at the beginning, those who came along to have a pint and watch us do the show from the benches, those who populated the Facebook group back before it got weird, those of you who email in and those of you who loyally join us in Mixler every week, those who were so hospitable to us when we met you abroad in your own manner, and those who we've met from England and all over the world in the pubs on a match day who we are proud to call friends. Without you, we really are nothing, so thank you again. Now, the observant among you may have noticed that we're missing a contribution from a very important member of the Chelsea Fancast team from back in the day, a man of mystery who served us with distinction from 2008 to roughly 2014 when he literally disappeared to who knows where. Much loved for his many idiosyncrasies, his tales from the shed, his knowledge of following Chelsea home and away in the 1980s, for northerners being real people and mystery phone calls at the end of each show. Let's leave the last word, as we used to in the old days, with the legend that is Chell Tell. Right, uh, I've been trying to organise this for what seems like uh, ages and ages and ages, but I can't tell you how delighted I am to speak to this absolute Chelsea fancast legend, the one and only Chell Tell. How are you, dear boy? Hello, Stanford Cheat. Unbelievable. I never thought I'd speak to you again. Well, that's what you hoped. Well, I thought, that's what I told myself. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's all good stuff. How are you, mate? Are you well? First thing first, are you well? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been self isolating for two and a half years. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, I'm fine, you know. Uh, no, I go for long country walks and uh, and long drinks of wine and beer and i'm fine good i'm glad to hear you're in good form and of course as ever set in the trends with the self-isolation mate i'm impressed now i mean even uh you know there are people that are yet to be discovered in the amazon rainforest as you well know 
who know oh, those ones, yeah, those ones that the ones we know secretly that know that it is the Chelsea Fancast's five hundredth episode. And uh, I mean, I knew you before we kicked the show off, of course, because you were a good mate of Doctor Martz. But uh, I'm trying; I can't remember for the life of me how we how we roped you into this mad old gig. Do you remember? Well, I think um, it was Doctor Martin that uh, suggested me for it to you and um and i came along uh i wasn't really not that i wasn't keen i just uh, couldn't be asked <laughs> at the start but you know as it grew on i saw what a fantastic show it was and so i couldn't wait to do them each monday i mean i've got i've got to say mate i mean you i mean i, I you know i'm sure you you know because i've told you before but you, you're definitely and I, I can say this without any uh, you know, was it um, fear or favour that uh, you you've always been one of the most popular people on the show, and and you certainly kind of made it your own when you came on. Um, I mean, I remember. <laughs> Listen, mate. Um, I, I, there there are two things that I I mean that I always remember. Well, I'm going to start with an anecdote first. Actually, one is that I remember because, of course, you know, drinking heavily on the show was obviously a, a, a real feature for us. Uh, which we we loved while we were doing it, and I remember I, I was uh, even in those days I had a schedule. Somebody had dropped out, and you had the night off, and uh, I phoned you in a panic, uh, and and you said, "Mate, no, no, piss off! I can't do the show. I've been drinking all day. I'm, I'm absolutely hammered. There's no way I'm coming." And I said, "You got to come in, Tell. You got to come in." Anyway, I managed to persuade you to come in, and on the basis that what I I would do is I would pour lots of black coffee down your face before we went on air which I duly did, which sobered you up enough to be on the show. And, of course, within about half an hour, we were back on the Guinnesses. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't I don't remember it, so I must have been well pissed when I was... Uh, <laughs> if I don't remember. Well, that's probably true. But who bought the Guinness, anyway? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably, probably me. I mean, they were really good. They used to run a tab for us, if you remember. Yeah. They did the lovely Jana and all the bar staff there. We, we've had some good guests on the show around that time too, didn't we? We had a good drink up with them. Alan Hudson, Cundy. Uh, we had Mickey Thomas on. I think you were around for that one, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, they were, they were all fantastic. You know, all my heroes, sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's the, not one of the yeah. nice things we, we did, actually. We got to have people like that on the show. The two things, as I said, I think the two standout things that you really brought brought to it other than the fact you're such a lovely bloke and you had such a great sense of humor and of course your knowledge of Chelsea going home and away particularly in the 80s I I would have been well stuffed without that and out of that came some hilarious hilarious stories which we kind of you know kind of grew into the show and made it the the Chell tells tales from the shed do you remember much about those yeah I do yeah because I had to wreck my brain and uh and uh, do they, you know, it really brought it back to me the, the sort of uh, difficulties and uh, and the laughs you can have with, when you follow Chelsea home and away. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, the other thing that became a very famous feature, of course, was the uh, the phone call that quite often happened at the end of the show. Do you remember that, Tell? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, um, you know, I used to get strange phone calls. There may even be one now. I don't know. This is strange enough. <laughs> Do you have a phone call? Is it, is it Arsene Wenger or Gary Neville or somebody? No, somebody you know. Somebody I know. So but, uh, it's it's very short and sweet. So don't 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 go on. Matter about that. 
no, no, no. Later on, if you remember. <laughs> okay. Well, they were very funny, and I mean, they had us. I mean, this is the thing, tell you. You had us absolutely just speechless with laughter on the show when you were doing it. So, Lord only knows what uh, what the people who were listening to the show thought, and I think that's probably why why they why they loved you so much. But uh, go on. Yeah, I, I, uh, there was one that uh, remember there was a one of our young followers who who worked in, in a garage. I can't remember his name. And uh, he said, when I did the did the Pingu phone call, <laughs> he, he said he was he was listening to it on his earphones at work and he, he was rolling around on the floor laughing and this governor <laughs> thought he was having a fit. <laughs> I can't remember, can't remember the young boy's name, but he's probably listening. Oh dear, that, that, was, that was when uh, Darren uh, nicked my phone while we were on air and Sarah had just sent me a text message and, and for some bizarre reason that's what she calls me and he surreptitiously yeah. passed it to you and you absolutely floored me with it as you always would do but that that was the whole point it was very much like being in the pub with a load of mates uh, I mean we were all mates yeah, and we were in a pub so it makes sense doesn't it I, I would never tell you what I was going to say or do <laughs> no, you... I like to keep it a surprise <laughs> you certainly did that you certainly did that um, the other thing, of course, I always remember very fondly was that Northerners are real people with real emotions. Northerners are real people with real emotions. Ah, yeah, yeah ah. that's right, yes. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, we had some laughs, didn't we? And, uh, you know, we went to some good games as well. I mean, obviously, Munich was the was the high point, wasn't it, I think, for us all, and, and we, we enjoyed that. Um, but... Yeah, and a big shout-out to our Russian girl, Anna, who I wouldn't have got a ticket for the final Champions League final if it wasn't for her. Yeah, now now she's uh, she's now misses only a pound. Yeah, yeah, and uh, right. she badgered him to give me a ticket. Well, there you go. And if you hadn't have got a ticket, it would have been a very miserable night. Or either that, or you'd have been in the English Garden with with Lauren, of course. But there you go. Yeah. Um, it staggers me, mate, that that you know we've done uh, five hundred shows, or we will have done by the time this goes out. Uh, you know, there was never any intention, from my point, really, to do anything like this or do it as long as we have. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I love doing it with you lot so much that I can't even conceive of not doing it. But what what do you think of us hitting 500? Well, it's unbelievable. Who would have thought it at the start? You know, you, these things are sort of destined to run for a year or two, a season, and people get fed up and then they drop out and listeners just go drift off but it didn't happen because of your brilliance Chidge, keeping it all together <laughs> i don't know about that but thank you anyway so well done okay right the other thing i was going to say to you you know something that we all i think you know really got our heads around or began to get our heads around were how many chelsea fans there are all around the world and, and how many people that we met who'd listened to the show who would you know from abroad who'd come over and sit on the benches and have a few drinks with us but of course i remember when you went on a few travels uh you know on your own to the states you went on a big trip to the states and i said to you before you, yeah. you went out mate don't worry wherever you go you'll find somebody in the states who listens to the chelsea fancast and you didn't believe me but i but i was right no, wasn't I, I? <laughs> I was right wasn't yeah I? it was it, it was unbelievable uh you know apart from watching some games with all the the great chelsea the seattle chelsea the rocky mountain chelsea and uh, i went to look up Rob Dog in Sacramento and uh, and apart from that it's, it's how much they love Chelsea you just find out when you go to the 
pub games with them, how much they love Chelsea and how much they know about Chelsea. And they are really staunch fans. I won't hear a word against any of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was in, in sort of pubs and someone would listen to me ordering a drink or something and say, you're Chelsea, aren't you? And I don't know, I was flawed, you know. <laughs> how can anyone, anyone say that to me? You know, you just don't... It, I mean, the last day I was there was in Washington and uh, I was going to leave the next day and I was in a in a pub and I saw uh, some bloke with uh, his family where, and he's wearing Lampard uh, T-shirt. So, yeah, uh, so I said to him, uh, yeah, well, well done, mate, you know, good Chelsea fan. And he said, you're Chelsea, aren't you? I mean, this is in the middle of Washington, somebody I've never seen. And he, he was from Kentucky going to Washington. He watched them for something, and there, there he was recognising me, my voice. Unbelievable. I was floored every time. Yeah, it's it's absolutely mad, isn't it? But, uh, I mean, it, I find it humbling, I've got to say, but it, it's also lovely as well. Um, so, you yeah. know, uh, given that, uh, as I said, you're a very massive part of the show for a long, long time and, and very much loved, not just by all the people that listen, but certainly by all of us as well. But... Uh, uh, you, you know, this is coming right at the end of a of a monster, monster celebration of 500th uh, episode with the, you know, the, the several shows that we're putting out. So have you got a message for the Chelsea fancasters and a message for the Chelsea fancast audience, Tell? Yeah, keep on listening. And, you know, it's, things are going to get better. We're going to lamp out at the helm. We're going to be fantastic. Just keep on listening to the podcast because it's brilliant. It brings us all together and uh, all the participants, all the ones who've come to, to see us, I mean, Diane Crabtree bought me a whiskey, beautiful. Anyone who does that is in my good books. Uh, all, the, all the people who come from all over the world, Rob Delcini, everybody came to see us. They were all fantastic, all staunch Chelsea. So, so it would be a big shame to lose that. And uh, you just got to keep listening and keep participating. And you, you never know till one day one day we might get you back on it, even if we're doing it virtually now, because, of course, we I, I moved out of London, so, you know, we can't do that it in the pub right. anymore. But you never know. We might get we might get you on Zoom yet. That'll, that'll, I won't tell them. I'll just I'll spring it on them, surprise them. Well, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, why not, yeah. Why not, indeed. All right, fella. Chell, it's a brilliant... I mean, it's so lovely to hear your dulcet tones again, but uh, stay safe and well uh, during this whole lockdown thing, and hopefully you and I, at the very least, can catch up for a beer sometime soon. I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of us, Doctor Martin. Right. I remember when you used to cut off Doctor Martin's microphone because he used to annoy you. <laughs> I do that with Jonathan Kidd now. Do you? All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's taken over Doctor Martin's mantle of of of, uh, of not of annoyance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But it, that's kind of why it works. I think the the best way to end this tell is with a great big. Uh, roaring up the chill. So are you ready? After three. Well, no. Go no, on, well, go on, no, hold no. on. Fun, go on. You got a phone fun, call. Fun, funnily enough, I've got a phone call today <laughs> from uh, from somebody called Stanford Chidge, and he said, "If you don't celebrate the five hundred properly, and never speak to you again." <laughs> and uh, as tempting as that was, how could I refuse? So that's why I'm here. Uh, so that's my phone call for today. Today, Stanford Church, phone me up. Lovely, you're an absolute nutter. I love you to pieces, mate. Are you ready? One, two, three. Up the chills. Up the chills.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.